All over the world, cryptids are seemingly being encountered by people in droves. It doesn't matter where you are. Walking through a forest, driving on a highway, enjoying a meal at a local restaurant, these creatures are seemingly everywhere. Welcome back to the swamp, and welcome if you're new. Today I'm going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true cryptid encounter horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or at r slash thedarkswamp. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that help keep this channel going. And now, without further ado, let's jump right into these creepy and allegedly true cryptid horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. The Honey Island Rougarou by Boudreaux Hi Swamp Dweller, my name is Boudreaux, and I was born and raised in the Honey Island Swamp, one of America's most extensive and wild swamps, still mainly uninhabited. The Honey Island Swamp is located roughly about 30 minutes away from the famous New Orleans, which would explain the many encounters with voodoo, witchcraft, and just creepy stuff that lurks out in the Cypress Swamps. I have many stories of mine and my father that I would like to share for the future, but let's go where it all started. I grew up on a shack built upon a pontoon due to the unexpected changes in the water levels on the West Pearl River, and we lived off the land eating whatever we could catch, hunt, or anything in between. Normally this included things like turtles, crawfish, alligators, snakes, raccoons, and so much more. These were the times before the ever-expanding suburbs and the swamp tour boats were encroaching so we could live in peace without being judged. But this also meant that the wildlife and other unexplainable things were more likely to take place. By the time I was 10 years old, I would run our small crawfish boat, or Pirouge, deep into the swamp to check out our crawfish traps or trot lines, so I could help put food on the table for my parents and our four siblings. On this particular event, I took the small, motorized crawfish boat north towards the Bouge Chiteau to check out a few trot and jug lines and maybe shoot a few animals from the ship for food. My motor was killed when I finished making my rounds through the sloughs and inlets. As luck would have it, I had no form of paddle on board, and the strong current of the Pearl River was pulling me downstream. Still, luckily, I pulled ashore before I hit any bad jetties. As I made my way ashore, I tried to figure out what was wrong with the motor. It was from the early 50s, so it could just be that it was old. After an hour of rest with no luck with the engine, the sun began to set and I wasn't too worried, for I've spent many nights in the swamp alone, which may not be ideal or even scary to others, but that's not a big deal. I was sure my father would come up the river to look for me once sun was up. I found a little bit of high ground a few feet off the river and climbed up a tree because one place you do not want to sleep is on the floor in a swamp. If a gator or a snake doesn't find you, the fire ants will. And I had been asleep in the old oak tree for a few hours until an unearthly howl awoke me. It didn't sound like the typical owl or coyote. We don't have wolves in South Louisiana unless they're in a zoo. The howl startled me because of how stressed and deep it sounded. It also sounded very close. My young mind began to race thinking about the stories of the Rougarou my mother would tell me to behave. This large wolf man would eat the bad children up if they didn't act well. 
which to me now is a child version of what it is. The Rougarou is the result of some evil witchcraft or voodoo or evil spirit that haunts the swamps and bayous of South Louisiana in the form of a wolfman. Ten minutes after the terrifying howl, I began to hear the shuffle of the briar bushes near the base of the tree, and I prayed that it was a small rodent of some sort, but it was the complete opposite. The midnight moon lit the creature up as it stepped out into the clearing not only 15 feet in front of me. It was about six feet tall, with long hair and yellow eyes. This thing, whatever it was, stood on two legs, and the stench it let off was similar to that of a wet dog mixed with a skunk. I do not know if the creature saw me, but I felt it could smell or maybe hear me. I was frozen in fear, daring not to make a noise after what seemed like a lifetime of the creature stalking around the base of the tree. I could see a faint light and hear the roar of a boat coming up the river. The creature seemed scared of the raft and was gone by the time I looked back down. I jumped 15 feet from the oak tree, spraining my ankle in the process, and ran back to the boat as fast as possible to wave down the oncoming ship. I safely returned home that night and was terrified to enter the swamp alone with or without proper equipment. I learned that the swamp holds much more than we know, for it is the unexplored areas that these creatures live. Today, 30 years later, Many locals still call that animal that many have claimed to see the Rougarou or the Honey Island Swamp Monster. Still, I can tell you, it's just one of the many unexplainable things I have witnessed inside the swamp. Thank you for listening to my story. If you enjoy it, there will undoubtedly be more about the Honey Island Swamp. My Michigan Dogman Encounter by Ellie D. Hello Swamp Dweller, I have listened to your videos for about four years now, so I decided to share my Dogman story. I will give some background detail on this story to start. To start, I am a 13 year old female, I live in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan around the Morsing Marquette area, and a side note, I live on Native American land far back in the woods. This story took place in about mid-August this year. I had invited one of my friends over. At the time, she lived on a road we call Old Indian Town Road. I'm not a native, but have always felt some spirituality like natives. I consider myself a psychic, so my friend, who I will call Chloe, was doing teenage everyday things. Eventually, she got bored, and we decided that we would go and see some cool things by ourselves. We got on our bikes and decided to ride them around. I am the most athletic of my friends. I play many sports and work out daily. Eventually we met up with some other friends and got tired of riding up and down the short road we lived on. It got to the point where only three of us remained. In the beginning, there were around eight or nine of us in total. At this point, it was around 9.30 p.m. I have always been terrified of the dark. So at this given point, I started to get uneasy naturally. I wouldn't say I liked being surrounded by thick woods on either side at 10 o'clock at night either. So, we started making our way back up the road. The road is on a relatively steep hill, steep enough to where most people can't bike up without the struggle, even myself. I bike frequently, but I was tired from biking all day. So I strolled up the hill with my youngest person in the group right beside me. She started to get uneasy as well. The other friend was far behind us. He isn't a believer in anything supernatural. He was at the bottom of the hill and we were near the halfway point. Suddenly the hair on the back of my neck stood up. I thought I was being paranoid at first. 
until I had the sudden strange feeling to look to my right. I suddenly snapped my head in that direction. My friend from behind me was looking down, talking to me about something, so she didn't notice me stop. We were on the far left of the road, and on the right there was a drop that ran down very far deep into the woods. Very tall pine trees were filling that deep trench. The woods were so thick you couldn't see the ground in the makeshift track. When I looked over though, I saw a tall skinny figure looking at me while clinging to one of those incredibly tall pine trees. It almost looked like an emaciated werewolf, but worse than its appearance was what it was doing. It swayed back and forth in the tree almost like a big cat, with large orange eyes blinking at me occasionally. That's when my friend noticed I had stopped. She asked me what was wrong, and I didn't say anything. I didn't want to freak out anyone. I just started walking even faster. My guy friend was still at the bottom of the hill. My other friend and I were almost at the top. I had the worst feeling continuously washing over me. My guy friend finally noticed how far ahead we were and booked it to catch up with us. When we returned to my house, I told them what we saw. The girl behind me agreed that she didn't see what I saw but definitely felt uneasy when she saw me looking to the right and then speeding up. Nothing more happened that night but the next day I was walking over to my next door neighbor's house. I was walking over to the girl who was with me when it all happened. That day, she and I rode our bikes and talked about it the night before. It was a lovely day so we rode our bikes until the sunset again. At one point I went back to my house to grab something. Walking on the trail to get to her house, I got hit with a sense of dread. That's when she met me, and she started running with me because she felt it too. When we broke out of the tree line into her backyard, we heard a scream that sent us bolting toward her house, and that concludes my story. The Thing in the Snow by Dr. Null to preface this, I am an avid hunter and this is not my first time nor my last weird encounter I've seen while hunting. This encounter happened two years ago in December, and now on to the story itself. I went out hunting. I was hoping for a giant buck this day. On the drive to the spot where I parked my truck, I saw something and it was truly odd. It was snowing out, so I could not see all that well, but I could have sworn I saw an outline of a person on a hill looking at me. It was my friend's land. It was private property so no one should be here, but he let me and a few of our friends hunt here from time to time. So it was odd to see someone none of us knew were supposed to be here, and I was the only one of my friends who were supposed to be hunting today. I definitely made sure of that. I was thinking, sure, maybe somebody got lost, but there is so much signage that says this is private property, you'd have to be dumb to not see it. And it was so early in the morning, I figured it has to be somebody who doesn't have the greatest intentions. Anyway, I wasn't that worried, so I just parked my car and got out to my tree stand. I was there for a couple of hours, and I did not see a thing. I was waiting for something to walk by as the forest started to fall silent. And if you are a hunter, and pretty much anyone, you would know that if that happens, it's never a good sign. But then I saw the perfect deer walk in front of me. It was alone, and it was running which was not all that uncommon, but it was frail looking. I did not fire at it at first. I just watched it. I looked behind it, and something jumped on it. A white human looking creature. I clutched my rifle and looked down my sight for a better look, but it must have heard me. It looked up at me and smiled the most blood chilling smile I have ever seen. I fired at it. It missed and hit the ground. It seemingly jumped back 
freaked out, hissing at me. It started twitching and raising its head, and then everything suddenly like froze. It froze in the air like something had happened. I could feel the utter malice this thing had for me. I reloaded as fast as possible and fired again, this time in this thing's chest. It fell again, but this time it did not get back up. I sat there for at least an hour. I dared not move in fear that this thing would get back up. Eventually, I got the energy to run back to my car. I got back in my car and drove away and did not look back. I don't know what that thing was. I've never seen it again, and I've never gone back. That's No Deer by Mickey L. My name is Mickey. I have no other explanation for this story, so I thought I'd share it here. I just turned 16 years old and decided on my birthday to stay and visit my sister, who lives in Cleveland, which is about an hour's drive away from my hometown. I had been there for a few days already, and since my birthday is on the 23rd of June, the 4th of July is right around the corner. I had been upstairs in the attic for a few days sleeping, playing GTA, and doing some other things to keep me occupied because I had nothing else to do since I couldn't drive yet and my sister was at work most of the time. One night, my sister Morgan and her boyfriend Nate were sitting downstairs in the living room watching TV when Nate asked if we wanted to go to this secluded park and light some fireworks off. I immediately said sure because I had nothing better to do and I knew some of the parks were secluded from the big city from Cleveland. So. After about an hour of persuading Morgan to go, we all jump into his car. It's about 75 degrees out and it's about 1.30 a.m. It's a relatively nice night. We were driving for about 15 minutes when we finally reached this park. We are going down this giant hill when it suddenly gets exceptionally dark. There's no light pollution and no other artificial light. Just what you can see from the headlights. We're driving for 10 minutes when I see a deer on the side of the road, which is typical for a wooded park, right? I look out my window and for a brief second, I see what looks like a giant deer face with glowing yellow eyes jerk behind this tiny tree and disappear entirely. I don't usually get freaked out by deer, but something about how fast it moved and how it just disappeared made me feel unsettled. It just looked wrong and I'm pretty sure deer's eyes shouldn't be glowing that way. We finally arrive at a parking lot facing a giant field and the other side being woods. I still had a very unsettling feeling that I could not shake off. When we got out of the car, I noticed it had gotten cold outside, which doesn't make sense because it was just warmer out a minute ago. I felt a noticeable chill. I was leaning on the car and my sister's boyfriend went to set up his firework. I still felt we needed to leave, but I couldn't shake off this feeling, so I told my sister that we should hurry up and go because I felt weird. My sister, stubborn, just said to me that I have too much superstition and need to chill out. I watched the fireworks go off and we all looked at the stars for a little bit. After getting in the car, we sat for a bit when I heard branches breaking and heavy footsteps. The feeling I had before worsened, so I told my sister and boyfriend we really had to get home. I noticed off in the tree line that there looked to be a deer, but there was something off about this deer. From what I could tell from the silhouette, it was standing on its hind legs, just staring at us, seemingly trying to hide behind a tree while doing so. We eventually started driving off. Once we all got home, I still felt off about what I saw. I couldn't shake that feeling either. There was no way a deer had a big face like that, and there was no way it could stand on its hind legs just staring at people for such a long time. The feeling I got was not expected. Afterward, I went upstairs to my attic room where my sister and I watched TV. 
I like to leave my windows open because the breeze from the lake feels good at night. I also like listening to the traffic and crickets, and occasionally, you can hear the birds early in the morning. It was about 3.30 to 4 when my sister and I were sitting there, and I told her what I saw. She shook it off and told me I had probably just seen a deer. Then I noticed outside that I didn't hear anything. It was just quiet. That isn't normal at all for Cleveland, and not the peaceful quiet, the eerie type of quiet. Then I heard a very loud whistling coming from different parts of the neighborhood. I thought there was no way a human would be whistling that loud. It just emanated from so far but never lost its volume, let alone it was coming from all different directions at the same time. I closed the curtains and asked my sister if she heard it and she replied with, What are you talking about? I don't hear anything. Then the unsettling feeling set in again and my stomach sank. I didn't sleep a wink that night. I still don't know what I saw that day nor what was whistling, but... I'm hoping that I never have to see it again or hear it again. The Creature of Mirror Hollow by Eliza C. Thunder roared across the sky. The loud booms echoed overhead like a giant strolling through the area amidst the rain, which tapped on the windows like claws prying their way into the safety of the cabin. I was stranded, alone in the darkness of the wooden shelter. I found myself in a precarious predicament. I didn't get much time before the storm hit. It was so sudden, you may even say it was bizarre. The last thing I remember before it all started was I had walked off the path to a side trail to forage for some stuff I had seen on TikTok that might be in the area. However, I noticed something was off. The trees, they just weren't right. I couldn't put my finger on it at first, but as I walked on, it hit me. None of the trees were different here, all completely symmetrical, almost as if someone copied and pasted one all over this part of the forest. Only then did I notice the sky. Inky black clouds blotted out the sun in an array of unnatural shapes and the thick foliage overhead made it hard to see, but my visibility dropped to near blindness. I knew I had to find shelter and fast, but I didn't know where I was anymore. My only hope was the trail which thankfully hadn't gone away yet. I didn't know where it went, but I knew it had to go somewhere, and indeed it had to end sometime soon. So that was my plan. I booked it full throttle down the trail. This was a mistake, as the first crack of thunder shook the sky with it came the tears of God, an immense downpour and the likes I had never seen before. I had only been running for ten minutes before my luck ran out, and I slipped into the wet earth beneath me. Falling hard and forward, a blinding white flash illuminated my downfall. I could see the cabin ahead of me, right before I ate a serving of mud pie. The shelter was within my grasp at last. I didn't get up right away though, and I think I regret that the most, because then I heard it. Among all the noises, one stood out as I rested my eyes. It was faint, but it was there. A wet slapping noise was quick, like bare feet in the mud headed this way but not on the trail. As it grew closer, you could hear the trees falling as they tore through the dense forest each crash distant, rumbling the earth as if it was competing with the sky's voice. My heart fell ten stories in my chest as the threat was realized. I only came out here for some fungi, not for whatever this thing was. I tried quickly to get up, desperately trying to avoid slipping as I did. I hurried to the cabin as the sky and earth shook together in an elaborate song for the lightning to dance to. That thing drew near as I made it to the door. I prayed for the first time in my life that it wouldn't be locked, and to my amazement it was not. 
I ran through the doorway, slammed it, and I fell around the edge of the door and locked it in a panic and made sure all the windows were locked as well. As I heard the trees crashing just outside accompanied by that dreadful wet slapping, I, I almost thought I was too late. But I had found it. A latch. I couldn't help but chuckle as I realized just how little this would probably do. But I obviously locked everything regardless, as it could buy me just a second of time. After I had an opportunity to get my bearings together, I turned away from the door as another flash illuminated the interior through a nearby window. There was a table upside down in the middle of the room. Everything was coated in a thick layer of dust, and chairs were knocked over and astray. There appeared to be no other furniture and only two rooms, the second being the bathroom. There was no food, water, or any sign of life. I can only wait out the storm and hope that that thing doesn't find me here. That brings us to where we are now, suffocated in the blackness inside the far corner of the cabin. The tension in the air as thick as I desperately racked my brain for an idea. My thoughts were interrupted by terror as a loud slam made the door shudder, followed by a horrible scream. It was so shrill I had to cover my ears. I, I thought they might explode. My head was pounding as it ceased its screaming. Not waiting for a second assault on my ears, I quickly checked for a bathroom. Maybe it'd have a small window I could climb out of. Unfortunately, the window in the main room was close to the door and I knew I couldn't outrun that thing. I couldn't let it see me leave the cabin. I entered the bathroom instantly, seeing a lack of any window. I wanted to give up and cry, but there had to be something, anything. I returned to the main room just as quickly as I had left. I screamed. My voice filled with terror and despair as I saw it. A bright flash lit up just enough to catch a glimpse of it as it stood crouched outside the window peering in. Its empty black sockets devoid of life but filled with rage. It was a deer skull, no doubt. It wasn't too tall and its anatomy was all wrong, almost broken as if it were in agony and its bones were screaming. It radiated death and I was frozen in its cold stare. In the corner of my eye, I noticed a fireplace as another flash illuminated the room, but the creature had disappeared at this point and I knew it couldn't be far, only trying to find a way in. So I dove for the fireplace. After being snapped out of my daze, it was my last option. I didn't give it good odds. Part of me already dug a grave for myself in my mind. I didn't get far inside before the sound of wood splintering shattered any hope I had left. The door flew off its hinges against the back wall, the creature audibly slamming into the wall with it probably having jumped full force into it. I made sure to tuck my feet in amongst all the commotion, but my breathing panicked and I had difficulty calming myself down. I was sure it would find me as I could hear the wood groan under the weight of each step it took as it searched around. One heavy thud after the other, slow and deliberate. Each one sent an icy chill down my spine. Then the smell hit me. It must have been just in front of the fireplace. It smelt like earth and rot with the metallic blood smell mixed in. It was putrid like a decaying corpse in a shallow grave. But it was much worse. My throat felt ticklish. The stench was too much and I couldn't hold it any longer. I gagged hard, spitting up below. It snarled and its maw snapped with a primal hunger as it shoved its head inside the base of the fireplace. I screamed in horror as hot tears steamed down my face desperately trying to go up further in the fireplace. As I thrashed, I managed to make it about five feet up the chimney, but it too was trying to cram its massive frame inside. My muscles were sore and I was tired. I felt like giving up as I watched it well. I sobbed and screamed, my arms and legs were shaking under the strain as I pressed hard against the inside of the chimney. Finally, I felt my consciousness begin to fade under the stress as I looked down at the creature. 
its vicious snarling and biting never ceasing as it seemingly got closer and closer and that's the last thing I remember before I fainted inside the chimney. I thought that would be the last time I'd ever be alive. However, I woke up, which was a surprise. I didn't think that was possible. If I were dead, which I, without a doubt, was, but no, I wasn't to my dismay. I had got stuck in the chimney, so I had never fallen when I fainted. It must have given up at some point, but not without much effort. Bricks had been completely torn away, and it still wasn't enough to reach me. And for that, I'm grateful. But there was still a problem. I was still stuck in the chimney, and the cabin was abandoned. No one would be coming here purposely. I didn't even know where it was. Was there even hope for an escape in this strange forest of identical trees? Or was I doomed as soon as I went off the main trail? I really can't tell. I'll only be able to live so long stuck in the chimney without food or water. I've been trying to get unstuck for about an hour now, and my phone is about to die. So I'm finished writing this as not a send-off, but a warning. If you find this phone, I beg you, please share my story. I'm sure you'll have a dreadful time reading it at first. So, it's up to us. If you ever find this place in the forest where every tree is identical, turn back now. Don't be lured into its dark corners where the creature roams, waiting for you to enter its domain. Joshua Tree Not Deer by Anonymous I went to Joshua Tree National Park a few days ago in an Airbnb with three of my friends. The house was a nice size and had to be accessed by an unpaved dirt road. The closest place to us was maybe a mile or two away. All the homes in this area have private driveways. On one of our drives back from getting groceries, I saw an animal run away from our headlights very fast, but I couldn't quite make it out. I assumed it had to be a deer or something along those lines because of how big it was. But all I had seen thus far were desert quails. That night, I dreamt that my friends and I were searching for something, and we were taking... and we were taken to a basement of all things, and it was full of all sorts of strange oddities. It was a small house with a red door. We went inside, but I don't remember what was there. This may or may not have anything to do with my experience. I read that dreams do often correlate with experiences, though. On one of the nights of our stay, we had a bonfire and did some stargazing. I had to pee at one point, so I went inside and was gone for maybe five minutes max. When my friend and I returned, my two other friends weren't sitting by the fire anymore. So I just sat and waited for a couple of minutes for them to come back. But I went inside to check on them eventually. But they weren't there either. We go back out and start calling for them and get no response. Instead, we hear coughing coming from the right side of the house where the pool area was. We immediately knew it was our friend because they had been reserved. Our first instinct was to find and help them. At some points during our trip, we had gotten concerned that they were sick, but they ended up feeling much better. We start looking for them by the pool, but we call again and we get no response. But we do hear the same coughing, the same pitch, everything. It's almost like a mimic. It was the same cough maybe four or five times in a row. We thought our friend was throwing up or maybe smoking. Usually, when we called for them, though, they would answer immediately. Except for this time, there was just more coughing. The last time we called, they had finally answered and started coming around from the opposite side of the house from where we were. Unfortunately, the sounds of them walking and talking went from the left side of the house just seconds after we heard them coughing on the right side, and they were utterly oblivious to everything that was happening. They had no idea about the coughing, and didn't even hear us calling until they got closer to the house. 
As soon as I realized the coughing was a lure for us, it confirmed that something had been keeping an eye on us. Based on what I've read, I'm not sure if this is a skimwalker experience and not deer experience or something similar. I'll answer any questions. I also need to know if I should go get cleansed. This can't be chalked up to hearing things because of weed. We all have high tolerances and weed doesn't make you hear things. Anybody who says that has clearly never really smoked. We were both very aware and I was probably the soberest. It was hushed, too. We had to turn off the music because we were talking. We ended up smoking later that night, and the friend we thought we heard coughing had such a soft cough that you could barely listen to it. The pitch of the coughing we heard specifically sounded like our friend, but as if it was stuck in their throat or throwing up. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true cryptid encounter horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. I'd love to know in the comments down below what story today was your favorite. I'd love to see what you guys like to hear more. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to slap that like button like it owes you money. It helps me grow a ton. Subscribe if you're new to the channel as that also helps the channel grow. And I upload brand new videos almost every single day on all things natural and supernatural. If you're on the go and still want to listen to your favorite Swamp Dwellers scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and just about everywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. Thank you guys, as always, for supporting the swamp the way you do. I'll see you all soon with another creepy video.